All right, so let's continue. We said the Bible is a... We said, what, what did we say the Bible was? We said, um, Bible is a piece of literature, right? And we said, um, um, it's, it's, what, what should we do with the Bible? It must be read. It must be interpreted. It must be understood, right? And what, what is Bible hermeneutics? I've explained it over the course in this series. And I said, Bible hermeneutics is that branch of knowledge that deals with interpretation, especially Bible or literary text. It deals with interpretation, especially Bible or literary text. And I said, Bible hermeneutics is um, is pertinent to know. It's just like when we use this word Bible exegesis, is defined as the actual interpretation of the Bible that involves drawing out meanings out of the biblical text. So what is the Bible? The Bible is a compendium of books. And it's expected, and expect, it is expected that firstly a book must uh, is a book of Bible. Um, uh, let's leave that one. I, I've explained that over the course of this series. So in Bible hermeneutics, your attention is on interpreting the Bible within its context. So what are we doing in Bible hermeneutics? We are interpreting the Bible within the context of the scriptures. So we were looking at Moses in our last session. We we're looking at Moses' literary, uh, Moses' educational background, and we've seen that Moses was schooled in Egypt, right? And we said Egypt was a place of wisdom, with um, a place where there are wise men, saints, all of those things. We said Egypt is that place where a lot of commercial trade values were going on. We said Egypt is that place where, uh, and we said Moses was schooled, grew up in Potiphar's house, uh, not Potiphar's house, Pharaoh's house, all right? So that shows he, he grew up seeing, hearing, being schooled, being told stories. Right? If you grew up around the palace, you will know how to tell stories because you will hear a lot of stories growing up. Now, so we now said that Moses' ability to write and put together, Moses' abilities, the ability of Moses to write and put documents together was as a result of oral, oral legends of the Jews. And that's because of his education in Egypt. Now, and I said, what, so that means the documentation from Abraham to Israel, that is Abraham to Jacob, and also everything that happened from Abraham to Jacob to Joseph. Don't forget, Moses wasn't born when Joseph was alive. So, that shows, don't forget, Joseph was also in Egypt. So, Joseph must have put the story down. And told them, this is how I came out. This is what happened. This is how my brothers treated me. <gasps> Are you getting what I'm saying? They'll have put it down. And it will have been like part of an artifact in Egypt. So that's just, okay, let's look at e Egypt in our today's world. Hope you know, you can't take away this story away from that there Egypt. You know, what, what you are doing is you are looking at it with Bible mind. You know, Egypt is an African country. You can't take away that's these stories away from Egypt. 
I'm not sure you get what I'm saying. From even today's word Egypt, you can't still take away these stories that are happening in the Bible away from their own world. I don't even get what I'm saying. You can't. So, how was it passed down? It's called oral tradition. Now, Another question we want to look at is how was history communicated to other generations before writing? How was history? <coughs> sorry, I'm sorry. How was history communicated communicated to other generations? Before writing, this is one question I want to look at because now in our today's world, the best way to learn history, let me tell you, why do people tell you to read books? You will, let me tell you, to be honest with you, if you want to be wiser, you want your vocabularies to be better. You want to develop yourself properly, just read books. It's just the truth. Read books. Now, history has now been put into documentations today. They are now, do you know that? Let me tell you something. There is a book now. A lot of books are touching Joyce Flood thing. That happened, that happened in 2020. For Joy Floyd, there's not a lot of books about it. You know why? That's preserving history. There's now movies. There's a lot of ways to preserve history in our today's world. People will just write. And do you know the writing? Let me tell you. Our world will pass away. Obviously. There will be a generation who will still come, who will never meet anybody who is on earth today. You don't know. Another generation will come who will not meet anybody on this earth. As I'm speaking, we have about 14 billion people, have we? Or 8 billion people on the earth today. All the 8 billion people there is another generation that will not meet anybody on this earth alive. So what will happen is the books, the history, the things we have left behind that we read and say, oh, this happened in that world. Okay, so like when we read God's generals now as Christians, you just say, ah, A. Allen did this. William Brown did this. Oh, wow. Do you know that? I had an inclination of what happened in America in the 1970s. But do you know that? I didn't really understand till I watched Jesus' Revolution. The hippies. The, it's, on, it's on Netflix. The, the hippies. Jesus' Revolution. The hippies. How they took over the American world and a lot of even preachers had to start adjusting to, to the world. Just like our world today now, 
I'm seeing this particular trend of how preachers are adjusted to this world. People will just wear trousers, people will just do this, just to relate to the Gen Z world. Are you getting what They did that same thing in the 1970s during the Jesus Revolution movement. And the revival actually broke out in Ashbury, Kentucky. As a result of it. And we now saw a repeat of that revival in 2023 today. Now, why? Because, so now, if we want to look at history now, they'll say, this same thing happened in 1970. How did we know there is a documentation of it? That's preserving history. Do you know, I look at my pastor and I say, ah, this man is wise. He's not just wise. This man is really led of God. We, we actually say things like this. This is how we actually say it among our circles. That the books he's releasing is not for our world. It's for the next generation coming. He's preserving the truth of God's word. Just like he learned it from E.W.K. or Kennedy against how they wrote those materials and he is now building on them and, and making it more robust. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, that's what books now do in our world today. It preserves history. So now if I want to learn what happened in 19... Just like I took a class. I told you I, I took a class on King James 1618. How? How? None of us were... Even the teacher that taught us, nobody was born in 1618. You can't be born in be alive today now. But that shows that there were documents that preserve things. So you see that it was God's wisdom. We'll soon get there. It was God's wisdom that God inspired men to write this Bible down. You know, when Paul was writing letter to Corinth now, Paul was not writing, I beg, Corinth, take this to so solve your problem. But Paul did not know. You know, I used to tell you, Paul didn't know. If Paul knew that he would be writing to us today, he probably would have written more. But you see God's knowledge in those things. Because those things now have now become a document for us today that we can go back to. Are you, are you, are you following me? So the best way to preserve history now in our world today is two things. I think I might be wrong. Books. And to be honest with you, movies. I don't believe technology will go down the drain again. It's only going to keep advancing. I don't believe there will be there will be a, there will be a point where there will be no technology. Because even look at something. Michael Jackson's records. As at the time Michael Jackson released those records, there was no streaming platforms as we had it today. And do you know that Michael Jackson's record is still the world's highest starting record even after his death? Despite when he released those records, there, was no, there wasn't much of streaming platforms as we have it today. And let me tell you, streaming platform is going to keep increasing. Oh, we are, we, everybody is still struggling to understand what TikTok is. Don't worry. We have not finished TikTok. AI has come. Don't worry is going to keep increasing because knowledge is increasing. So I believe the two ways to preserve records, to preserve documents, that's why you see a movie based on true life events.
or adapted from a book or an event of something. You, you see document, documentaries. What, what, what is it? They are pres those things are preservation of histories. I prefer, I love watching documentaries. I, I enjoy it. I just like to, I remember I watched um, one hotel room in, in Rwanda. Ah, is it one hotel room? I've forgotten the, 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 the title. Something hotel room of Rwanda. And that showed, the, the, the movie just gave me a perspective. As I watched the movie, I was Googling. I was actually checking my phone, reading the actual history of what really went in, in Uganda. It's just like, if you have read The Journey, to Free, the Journey of Freedom, Nancy Mandela, that Idris Elba acted, you can easily trace the event to understand Nelson Mandela's story. So I used that history now has been preserved now with movie and also with documents. Are you seeing it? That, that's what I believe in our world today. Just like all these are recorded messages, it can't go down the drain. It's not possible. The, the reason is because history, technology has advanced to such a way that the recording, I, I remember there's something I enjoy watching in um, Telecoplan's channel, the Vitri channel. They call it, um, ah, forgotten now. Something history. I'm sorry, I, 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 I forgot it. They will bring videos, like a clip of A.A. Allen healing the sick. And people are still watching it today. Benny told us, he said, all the videos you see about Kechikuma, she never allowed anybody recorded her in her meetings. They were forbidden. So all the videos you see about Kechikuma were illegal videos. But you know, we would not have known how Kechikuma preached, though she wrote books, but you would not have seen her physically if those people did not record it illegally. Benny said, is he said, but he said, I attended almost all our meetings. Is it is she? It's a it's a a law. You must not even bring camera into the meeting. You must not record her. She hates it. That there was only one meeting she permitted her to record. It was just like ten minutes, all through her life. Now all the videos you see on YouTube about Kujikuma today, it was illegal. They they sneaked in to record it. But do you know that? That's. What they did now, yes, they, they were wrong, right? Because they sneaky. But you know what they did now? They preserved an history. Today, now we now say, ah, go, go on YouTube, go and watch Kechikuma. You will not have seen, you will not, you will have only heard read books. Okay, it's just like the person that translated Yoruba Bible now to English Bible, English Bible to your Bishop Samuel Jaye Crowder. Okay, it's just like even Joseph Ayobabola. We only have a picture. We don't have his video. We've only read history. Ah, this man. Yeah, oh, ooh. We just have a picture of what it looks like. It might not look like that. <laughs> we just have a, a Photoshop or like a, like a photo of what it looks like. Are you, are you seeing it? It's just like how we record messages like this. Both video, audio, it can never go. Because it's preservation of... That's why I, I keep telling you, this thing, they will hear it in years to come. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? So now, 
How was history communicated to other generations before writing? Going through human history, it has been discovered that virtually all known tribes or cultures had their ancient tradition of passing across legends in story by word of mouth. And it's a process of human communication to court oral tradition. So, it's just like, now what is oral tradition? Oral tradition, this is a form of human communication wherein knowledge, ideas, or cultural materials are received and preserved and transmitted by word of mouth. Speech from one generation to another. I'll say it again. It's a form of human communication wherein knowledge, ideas, or cultural materials are received and transmitted by word of mouth from one generation to another. So this message may be passed down through songs, through speech, or songs. Or may take a form of a folklore, folktale, um, fables, epic histories, narrations, proverbs, or sayings and songs. So, now, how do we, it's just like, there's this song, um, Mm. There's this song by Dr. Panapasi Paul. Um, come, let's praise the Lord. Come, let's praise the He's Jehovah. Unsearchable He's. That song was sung 30 years ago. 30 years ago. It doesn't look like a 30 years ago song, right? Ah, but it was sung. 30 years ago. Now, why? Now, why, why is it not looking that way? We've preserved that song over the years. I mean, now, I'm taking out the fact that this is Holy Ghost. It was probably inspired by the Holy Ghost and all of those things. Okay. Let's just, let, let me leave gospel because gospel now we can say is supernatural that those things are preserved. Let's come to I read a lot of Wallish um, Wallish in I just enjoyed it because it was very complicated. He had a lot of big grammars then. There was this book, Ola wrote to me, Our Husband Has Gone Mad Again. I don't know if you've read that book. Our Husband Has Gone Mad Again. Is it Our Husband Has Gone Mad Again? Our Husband Has Gone Mad Again. I read that book. Now, I'm trying, okay, that, that, will, not, that will not suffice to what I want to say. Uh, okay, let's do Shakespeare. Oh, let's do Titanic. Good. I just watched Titanic 2023 for the first time in my life. I swear to God. <laughs> I, it, was, it was when I watched it, I checked when they released the movie. And I saw that that movie, they released it in 1997. I was surprised. 1997. That's when they released Titanic. But that story of Titanic, I and I did my research. I've been here Titanic since I was young. Titanic, 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 Titanic. Me, I just, I didn't grow up watching trendy things. Oh, 
Titanic. It was just this year I really sat down to Google what really happened. And I found out that the story was true. It's a real life story that really happened and they decided to preserve the story in a, in a movie. Now, look at something. So, in our world today now, we can communicate a story via a movie. It's just like if you want to understand the Biafra War very well. There's a movie, I think it's on Amazon Prime, 1976. A Nigerian movie. Ramsey Noah was there, 1976. I knew it because I, I'm a government student, so I, I could relate with what they were doing in that story. Or if you can watch Half of a Yellow Sun, you will see all of what happened with the Hebrews and everything. Now, in our world today, now we can we preserve history via movies, via writing books. Don't forget, the question is how was history communicated to other generations? Before writing. Now, in, in 2023, now we can say before writing, before movies, before uh, YouTube, before Netflix, before uh, classroom. You know, Joy Flood thing happened in 2020. I don't, I'm already taking class, <laughs> doing analysis of what. I was so surprised. The, the, the section we were studying was slavery, genocide, and um, co colonization, something of colonization and white supremacy. Then, then I said, okay, with the advent of what happened, uh, uh, it's not being studied in school. I, I was so surprised to see it in our syllabus. It's not being studied in school, and I'm wondering, ah, wow, so fast. Just within 2020 to 2023, now it's being preserved now in schools. That's history. It can't leave the drain again. But before all this advent, how were stories being told? Thank God. I grew up before all these things came in play. I told you in the last session, I said, my mother sat us down. My mother and my father, they sat us down. And they told us the story of where they came from. Their tribe why people behave the way they behave in their tribe, why this happen. In my own town, we like Pandediam. Pandediam, see, we can eat Pandediam morning, afternoon, night, and we will never be tired. I, I can. I actually can. The only reason why I don't do it now is health reasons. I just don't want my belly to be too big. That's why you see my father's belly. As big as... You know, my father is really... My father doesn't look old, but his belly looks old. <laughs> if he hears this, he's going to laugh. <laughs> you know, he doesn't sit down like this. His belly is... So, because they can hit Pandemia every... They don't get tired, and I don't. Just have the right soup. In fact, we can eat it like that. That's, that's our culture. Now, I grew up in where we didn't have all this advent of our world now, I believe now in our today's world, it's going to be very difficult for an history to be lost because the internet, the internet never forgets. People will dig it up for you. I, I remember there was something that happened recently. They went to 
when they call speech, they went to dig what he said about John Jassy in 2030. See, you are no God. Ah, they went to his speech 2030. That's 2013. That's how they went, they went to dig whiskey of 2011. And Twitter will dig it for you. So, what is never lost? So, in our own world today, that we have a lot of ways to preserve history. But in that world, the only way to preserve history was oral tradition, word of mouth, folklore. They were at it as stage play, drama. Uh, drama is not in today's world, though. Drama has always been. Entertainment has always been. I remember when I took Greek class, in the Greek mythology, drama is a very, is a very big aspect of the Greek mythology. So, so that's why I, you have people having debate and say, is the gospel drama? Can't we? Can't you just be a drama minister? That's rubbish. Jesus did not employ that law because they were actually acting drama in Jesus' time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so how were these things preserved? Through word of mouth, especially word of mouth. That is, it's just like what I told you. My father told me the story. And he told me to go and tell my own children. Me, I'm not telling my own child. What's my business? What's my business? What's my own child with that story? Or maybe I'll just wake up one morning and just decide. I've not decided. If I would tell my child, but... <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, that's how it was all songs. Um... Ah, I want to, I wish I can, there's this fella song I want to sing for you. Where is San about Nigeria? And, no, let's leave it, let's keep it up. Um, ah, I'm trying to play something. But it's, it's passed by a saying or proverbs. All these proverbs, they actually realize this. Oh, how have you grew up hearing story about the tortoise? I, I, I took, I mean, I, I did Yoruba in Waek, so and I had a C, so I, I didn't fail. <laughs> I had a C, I didn't fail. No, I mean, do you know what it is to have a Yoruba? You know what it is to, to have a C in Yoruba class? We, we have to write army. We have to put all the punctuations, everything. I wrote story. I wrote legit essay in Yoruba, like, good morning, how are you doing? I wrote it. And I had a C. You think it's a joke? Ah. You, you did they not, they not package people in your work? <laughs> they, they called, they, they gave them answers to their question in their work. They, they, they read the answers to the question to them. They say, I had a C. Now, see, they will tell us, now, what? I'm so sorry if you don't understand what I'm saying, but I'm trying to explain this. Ijapa is this. They will tell us stories about, now, it's proverbs. Now, it's not as if it really happened. But I've seen, now, I thought it was fake stories before. Till I saw some histories in the Yoruba culture preserve a tortoise 
There are some preserve a tortoise, they'll tell you this tortoise has lived certain years and it's part of the tortoise that did something. They, so tortoise was part of their instrument of war in the Yoruba culture year, years ago. So it, it was when I, as I grew up, in fact I've even left um, high school then, when I saw that tortoise was really preserved in certain traditions in in the Yoruba culture, I was like, ah, wow, I never knew. I thought this thing were just myth. They were myth, actually, but they were myth communicating something to us. They'll tell you the tortoise had a wife. Ha -ha. How does a tortoise want to have a wife? Are you going to say, ah, there's one book I read that did not make me sleep for almost one week. One Yoruba book. Um, oh, ah. Ah, the, when you read that book, you will sleep. I feel like the book is evil. It, it will get you scared of all these thoughts, all these things that happen. Ah, so now, those myths, they have an undertone of a message they are passing across. That's what oral tradition means. Now, so now, remember what I said in the last session. That shows to us that those stories, these stories we read in Genesis to Deuteronomy are not just applicable to, ah, they are not just applicable to because you are a Christian. So when you find Joseph's story in another religion, don't be surprised. It shows you that, even now, see, even now, even confirms the fact that the story is real. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you find Abraham's story in another religion, don't be surprised. It just shows you that the story is real. Because, listen to me, it's a real life story that Moses was writing. Only, there was, there's a difference between it and we'll study it. It's a true life event. Abraham existed. Jacob existed. Joseph existed in history. They did. Noah existed in history. So, it's like, I remember one of the first times I met my pastor. My pastor was asking me, where are you from? He said, you are Benson. Ah. He said, you are Omo Ikorodu now. I said, no, I'm not. He said, ah, people that be a Benson are from Ikorodu. I said, my own Benson doesn't. Then I was in a political group one time. And somebody just tested me and said, ah, I see that your name is Benson. Are you from Mikorodu too? Ah. I said, no, I'm not from Mikorodu. He said, no, no, no. People that bear Benson are from Mikorodu. I said, my own Benson is from Ikiti. And I, and I said, and I said, now, that shows to me that I have to look for my, so the, in that, so the person that asked me, what's your father's father's name? And I told him. He said, oh, okay, it's not your own. He said, because there is a lineage of Benson in Ikorudu that probably is very known to people. I said, my own is not from that. My own Benson is from Ikiti. So, now look at something. That shows to you that you will find the story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, all of those things that Moses wrote about in the stories of and you will find it anywhere in the world. It's not just applicable to just because it is Bible.
That's why, look at how I started this series. I said, the Bible is a piece of literature. So you are only learning a true life story. But what is the true life story? We will now look at the application of where the true life story is leading to what will help us as Christians. Am I making sense? It's like saying, we, I took a story now of the slave trade and turned it to a, to a book. Then I'm now connecting the dots and say, okay, this slave trade, is, it's just like there's a place in Portugal called Lagos. Uh, but they call it Lagos. And exactly the way they got Lagos in Nigeria from is actually the same way they got the same name for it in Portugal. So that's why if, sometimes if you are searching flights and you put Lagos, the, the first thing that will first come sometimes is Portugal. I don't know if you have seen that, that thing before. Now, because, now, and it's almost the same history. Almost the same history. So, it's an, uh, I'm trying to communicate this to you well. Even songs, um, you will see songs like, uh, let me see one song that I can use. Uh, let me use my Olamide. It's not one song in, when it first came out, in Rhapsody album. All the money in the world can make them rich, but they can never get there and be leaders. The future is here and we no get rich. But now we be the leaders. Boys are not smiling. Hey, boy, boys are not smiling. So it, it sounds, the, the, the song is called Boys Are Not Smiling. And what was he trying to sing the song for? He was singing the song to ridicule the government that, ah, guys, Work and the government should do better for, for the boys who the boys are not smiling in that song. You know, if we look at our country, not now I'm looking at Nigeria now, we're in the US. If you look at Nigeria today, that song is still applicable because boys are still not smiling. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? He has made it's like saying, ah, no. that's not the best example. Ah, somebody help me. Lord help me. Lord help me. I'm trying to communicate this thing properly. I, I need you to really understand this, this oral tradition. Because if you can understand this thing, you won't mystify your Bible too much. You would... When you read, you will now be paying close attention. Because these are real life stories, but there's, there's a salient point to things we must pay attention to. Ah. Mm. Okay, let's just continue. I, I will figure it out. So we said oral tradition made it possible to pass knowledge across generation before the advent of writing. That is, you, you communicate with stories. Ah, my father did it a lot. My mother did it a lot to me. Told me stories of their hometowns, told me stories of their lineage, told me stories of their parents. Okay, it's just like, now look at me. Were you born when your parents were born? But they, you can tell, if you are talking to somebody now about your family now, you can say, this happened to my mother, as if you were there. 
right? Be, and they just told you story, but the way you be saying it passionately, that, that's oral tradition. Are you getting what I say? See, this happened to my mother, this happened to my father. This is now. If, if I, it's not like all of you now they ask you, what's your mother's maiden name? Everybody knows it. <laughs> right? I mean, is there anybody that doesn't know his mother's maiden name yet? Everybody knows their mother's maiden name now. Because they told, they, they, you were told. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you were told. That's what we call our tradition. They communicated it to you. Even your own name going to other tradition. They told you your name. I, I can know why I knew that it was when Tony was born. There was a name we used to call her. We used to call her Bisol. <laughs> Bisol is Abisola. So we used to call her Abisola. It was when she now wanted to enter school. I don't know who exactly. Just say, no, let her be behind Tony for school. So Tony will get to school. They will ask you, what's her name? She will still say, my name is Bissol. That's because they call her Bissol at home. She doesn't even know whether it's Bissol or something. But because you're very young. This is her name, Bissol. <laughs> they say, my name is Bissol. And Bissol is a short name for Abisola. So it took her a while to adjust to now saying, my name is Tony Person. I think they must have argued it for her in school that your, the name they register for you is Tony, so which one is Bissor? So, <laughs> so, so, so Tony is somebody that we grew up calling her two names. Bissor, Bissor, just come. So she hear Bissor, she hear Tony, so it was like, ah, which one is really my name? I hear what I say. But that knowledge was all right. The fact that we told her that this is your name. That means they communicated something to you. Ah, I'm trying to look for... But you shall understand. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> I'm just having this feeling that you don't understand yet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay on this. <laughs> so oral traditions is not spooky. So when you read the story of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Adam, Eaton... We'll come to that one later. <laughs> we'll come to that. But when you read Noah, eh, Cain, Hebe, eh, um, um, Abraham, they are real stories. That's why you find people still going to all those places to trace things. I say, ah, this was David's true. Because it happened. So, does, so now, look at something. So, can you, so look at something. I'm bringing my, I'm bringing my note of the Bible we just said now to you. Can we trust the Bible now, in the sense that these stories really happened? Even in the, I'm sorry to say, but even in the Muslim in in the Quran, you find traces of Abraham's stories there and Joseph's story. It's to show you that these our stories are real stories, real life stories. Only. We will now look at what now where's the dividing line for us as Christians. Am I making sense? Okay. So oral tradition was reference to teach children, adults, important aspect of their culture. While oral tradition is not the only source of history, however, 
it is itself history of language, culture, genealogy, society, and traditions. It's just like me now. I can trace. I can trace part of my genealogy now. I say I'm from Ekiti State, but I can trace part of my genealogy to Oshun State. Why? My father's mother is from Oshun State. Are you getting what I'm saying? We can trace things in those. So, those, those old traditions, like say, ah, that's Baba Baba and Yeo. You know those things that they do in. Uh, I don't want to use Yoruba because I want everybody to get this. You know, say, this is your forefather. Okay, let me use this guy. How many of you, have, many of you know this guy, James Corden, the late night, the late, late night show? He has stopped, he has gone back to. Is to UK where he came from because of his children and his family. So there's a middle name he bears. His father gave him the middle name. Then I, so somebody was intervening, maybe it's Jimmy Kennel. I don't know who exactly. Then I asked him, You, okay, why did your father? And I think that name looks like I forgot the name, but it's like it's like a woman, it's like women that bear that name. And I said, Why did you? Give your son that name. So the father was in the show that day. And I said, why do you give your son that name? And I said, my own father gave me two. He said his forefather gave him that same name. So he said, he passed it. So then I asked James Cordy, did you give your son that name? He said, yes, I did. <laughs> eh? Kimberly, yeah. So the name is called Kimberly. So and Kimberly is a woman's name. So, so he's called James Kimberly Cordy. And I said, did you give your son the name? He said, yes, but I did not give him as middle name. I gave him as last name. Whatever, you shall give him the name. <laughs> so they asked his father in the studio, why did you give your son, why did you give your son Kimberly? He said, I don't know. My father gave me the name. Okay, why did your father give you the name? His, his own forefather gave him the name. So I said, they don't, that's, so if his son grows up now and say, why are you called Kimberly? Oru tradition. My father, my forefather, are you getting it? That's, all, that's what we call root tradition. So that, that's also what better that thing called genealogy in scripture. Tracing that history. Your forefather, your this, your that. Are you seeing it? Yes, sir. Okay. Ah, I think now I'm okay. I feel like I just eat the point. You know what you are teaching? Always be, also be led of the spirit though. Though, you will know by the leading of the spirit when your points it might not be you don't forget especially for me now it might not be you because you know i'm teaching generally this is going beyond you it might not be you it might just be that maybe someone that pick up this sermon may not properly get this until maybe i use this james Cording explanation you get what i'm saying so always always be led of the spirit when you are t teaching many other times you can you you, you might, they might be shaking head like this and say they understand you, but follow your leading to know where if you have eaten your if you have eaten your point well. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just a side note for you as preachers. For instance, the African oral tradition used fables, folklore to convey or teach moral lessons. I knew it because I took Yoruba classes. I took I want in Jakbati Roko Konyonibu. Uh, a lot of our law, our law, Kenya uh, law, law, uh, all those tinko tinko we play. Those are traditions that are passed down. 
they are in lots in the um, in their in the culture of their world. Um, uh, why the Indian oral tradition before the advent of tape recording and record player, music was not preserved entirely in the minds of a few. So I'm, I'm talking about in the Indian oral tradition now. Before the advent of tape recorders and record players, music was not preserved entirely in the minds of a few and passed on to disciples by word of mouth. So not just the lyrics. The entire style was preserved and carried forward by gurus, sishas, through oral tradition. So a whole lot of things happened. So in, other, in, others, in some other climes, the use of images, pictures, sculptures, you see that a lot, about, especially the Greek mythology. A lot of images, pictures, sculptures, monuments are used to preserve history. That's why you see people drawing a monument for somebody. They are history preservations. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when people see, they say, who is this person? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why you see museums. Why, why, why do you think we have museums today? It's to preserve cultures and history now. That's why you go to a museum, you're just going to be looking, oh, this happened, oh, this happened. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, family trees, heroic feats and valor. There are things... There are things that, personally, I want to tell my son. Because I want to preserve history. Not what my father told me. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Not what my father told me. But there are things, because I want him to tell his own children. Because, and that's what we call oral tradition, just word of mouth. So, how did Moses know that story? So, can we say those stories were already stories in Egypt already? Yes, sir. Are you seeing it? Yes. Ah, you are making, you are learning. So, family trees, heroic feats, valor and culture were some of the vital elements that were communicate that were committed to other generations through oral legends. And there were documents, pictures, drawings to which traditions and, and different tribes passed down to other generations. So historically, older ones would tell their children their entire genealogy. And the book of Genesis um, statements uh, use those things. Look at in, in Genesis 6, verse 9. Now, let's, let's look at scripture so I will understand. So you so older ones we tell them we tell people their genealogy. Look at it in Genesis 6 verse 9. It says, These are the generations of Noah. Are you seeing it? It says, These are the generations of Noah. So Noah was a just man, it was just man and the prophets in the generation, and Noah walked with God. So it's like a preservation of history because it says they use the generations, and that word generation was used ten times. And that means and that and that preceded Moses too. Look at in Genesis 10, verse 1. Genesis 10, verse 1. It says these are the these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Am, Japheth, unto whom the son were sons born after the flood. Look at also Genesis, that same Genesis 10, verse 32. Look at verse 32, Genesis 10, verse 32. Now, these are the families of the sons of Noah. You've seen it there. Look at Genesis 11:10. 10. These are the generation of Shem. 
generations of shame. Look at Genesis eleven twenty seven. Look at verse twenty seven. These are the generations of Thera. See Thera. Genesis twenty five verse twelve. Genesis twenty five verse twelve. Genesis twenty five verse twelve. Says now these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Agar and Egypt and the Egyptian. Look at Genesis thirty six verse one. These are the generations of Esau. Genesis 36, verse 1. Genesis 36, verse 9. Genesis 36, verse 9. These are the generations of Esau. Genesis 37, verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob. So similarly, the Jews, the Hebrews, the Jews passed down their history from one generation to another. So, and how did they do it? Via what? Oral tradition. So, it must be noted that Moses was not the first spokesperson of God in the Old Testament. I'll say it again. Moses was not the first spokesperson. So, it's not as if the stories that Moses wrote were new stories. He just formed a story in his head. So, can we say, Moses, so can we say, Moses was not... <laughs> was not the first person to speak God's plan. Because other people have spoken God's plan before him that he communicated down for us. He was not the first spoke person of God in the Old Testament. However, he was the first. What was Moses' role? He was the first to commit the oral legend of the Jews into writing. Moses was the first person to commit those stories. Those stories they've been here passing across. There was a Joseph, there was a this. Are you you just say how we know Abraham Lincoln, how we know everything, but we could not have it written down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Moses was the first to commit it into writing. So he employed the advantage of his education. That's why education is quite important. He employed the advantage of his education in Egypt to commit the Jewish legend into writing. So he commits those stories, those uh, facts, those, you know, the legends, and he puts them into writing. So a typical example of oral tradition was how the facts of the gospel were communicated to Paul by the early apostles. You know, Paul wasn't there in Jesus' time. But Paul can tell you what happened in Jesus' time. How did he know the apostles told him? Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm. So another example of oral tradition was how the Passover feast observed by Jesus and his disciples was narrated by Paul. You know, when we're looking at um, Holy Communion, we saw how Paul was talking about the Passover too. And he used Luke narrative, right? And that's because Jesus told him. Uh, I mean, the apostles told him. So Luke was, and that's because Luke was Paul's disciple and associate in the ministry and everywhere. So it's most likely that the accounts given by Paul in Corinth must have been told by Luke via oral traditions, obviously. So now, similarly, the book of Genesis was Moses' documentation of historical facts. The book of Genesis was Moses' documentation of historical facts, which he got from oral tradition 
and pictorial language of the Jews. Follow me. Listen to what I'm saying. His documentation in Genesis was historical facts which he got from oral tradition and pictorial, pictorial language of the Jews, which included Joseph's communication to the Israelites in Egypt. You know, Joseph too will have told them things in Egypt. So since he was well-learned and educated, what did, what did Moses do? He put down those facts in written format. Are you getting what I'm saying? So let, let's see. So, so can it be that, can it be that he told somebody to write it? It's just like, who wrote the, who wrote the towards the ending of Moses' death in the Taunum? Joshua did. But it was put in his writing as Moses. Are you getting what I'm saying? Eh. So, whoever shall wrote it, they shall communicate it. So, but Moses was the originator of putting it down together. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. Because there's, there's that issue of, okay, the Moses write it, the Moses not write it. I don't believe those things are due for me. So, it was well learned and educated. So, he put down those things in written format. So, in translating the oral traditions into alphabet, he employed the Egyptian alphabets, the Egyptian stories and imageries to document the historical narrative of the Jews in his writings. So, he employed the Egyptian alphabet, the Egyptian stories, imageries to document the historical narrative of the Jews in his writings. So, historically, the last account of Genesis, let me tell you, was about 300 years. The last account of Genesis was about 300 years before Moses was born. <laughs> so let me tell you something. Look at me, everybody. Moses was right, before he was born, that space, according to history, it might be wrong, but they can tell you 300 years of that thing you read in Genesis, that you don't look at, it was the next day. <laughs> the next day. It's not like when you read the book of Acts, you read chapter 1, you think it's the next day that chapter 2 happened. Peter and John was just going to, to, <laughs> to the beautiful gate. That thing took about 5 to 10 years. So. Yes, it's not about, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not it thinks the next day. It's not like that, though. <laughs> the, so, the fourth day, the fifth day, something just happened. The church just multiplied the fifth day. Uh, or the, you know, because it's the sixth chapter. So, in the sixth day, the church just multiplied. Persecution just happened. So, the seventh day, they just met Paul. <laughs> no. It took years. 10, 15, 20, 30 years were in between those things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Don't forget, the person that wrote it was Luke, Luke the disciple of Paul. So he, the years has passed down, so they had to tell him the stories. <laughs> so before Moses was born, the last account of Genesis was three, the last, don't, 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 don't hear me well, the last account of Genesis was 300 years before Moses was born. So you see that, years, so this thing that years has passed down. 
So therefore, the oral legend of the Jews and the oracles, which Moses documented, were before the book of Genesis. So when we say Genesis is the beginning, the question is, is it really the beginning? <laughs> are you see? Are you are you are you see this, guys? This is the beginning. Is it really beginning? Because they said it is. That book was already happening before the beginning. Now, you guys are you guys are you guys are dull to this this have to do. The book was, this, this was already happening. The event, Noah's story, everything. They said it happened before Moses called it a beginning. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Is it in the beginning God created the world? Ah, is it that day he wrote it? Is the beginning? Okay, if there was a day God created, well, is it the day Moses wrote it? Well, that day, the, the beginning. So there's a beginning before the beginning. <laughs> we look at this thing. I don't say. We look at it later. Is 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 there's a there's a Clear explanation that I that you think. But I think your expenses are your senses of the Bible is expanding now. Uh, it should do. Look at the Taonomy 31 verse 9. Let me show you something. The Taonomy 31 verse 9. The Taonomy 31 verse 9. The Taonomy 31 verse 9. It says. He says, and Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests of the sons of Levi. See, he derived his own, his own lineage. Which bear the ark of the covenant and the Lord unto the elder of Israel. So Moses wrote. He used the word wrote. That word wrote in Hebrew, wrote is the Hebrew word katab. Wrote. K A T. H A B Kafam. And it implies it means to write, to inscribe, or describe, or record. To write, to inscribe, to describe, or to record. That's the word right. So when it says Moses wrote this law. Look, wait. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me task your brain. Let me task your brain. I want to task your brain in English. When they say, and Hayomide wrote this book, am I the one that wrote it? You don't understand. Let me task your brain in English. When they say, in your day wrote that book. In your day wrote this law down for us. Look at the way they spoke it. They spoke it in third person thing. Ah, you guys can you guys are not thinking. They say, and they say, and Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto. If it is Moses that you're writing it, you say, and I wrote the law. Are you guys thinking? You have to. Well, you, well, 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 this thing is written in English, not not tongues. <laughs> it says, and Moses wrote this law. So that shows there's things that Moses wrote, but the documentation of it is 
Are you, see, are you seeing it? The documentation of all the books, could it be Moses? That should be our question. Because it seems to be writing now in a third-person third narrative. It says that Moses wrote this. So, there are things that Moses wrote. But could this be the documentation of what he really wrote? When they say, and Moses was the meekest man on it. If I was the wrong writing, I should be the one, I should say, and I was the meekest. Is it like when you are writing, when you used to write transcription then, and you used to say, pastor said, if somebody read your book now, tomorrow, did I really say that statement? I said it, but am I the one that wrote it down? We will advance our study. We are not yet there. It may not even be this series. It might be maybe series four or series three. Maybe next year we'll look at it. This documentation, was it really Moses? We'll look at it. So we'll not, I'm progressing you on how to really write. So we'll not, after we finish that, we'll not write a book. <laughs> maybe we'll not write a book. <laughs> I, are you seeing... So when you read it, and Moses command, is it and Moses commanded them. Ah, if I'm the one that wrote it, I will say, and I told them that. Eh? Are you are you getting what I'm saying? Because if I wrote a book, I should be talking in me in my own first person something. Okay, look at how Paul was writing. You will know that it's Paul. Right? Bring me the parchment, and I Paul. And I, Paul, to the bed, he says, Alessandra, the covers me, did us much evil. You too, beware of him. Are you, are you seeing how Paul wrote? So you see that he's the one that really wrote it. Oh, you guys, are you, are you, are you getting it? Okay, let's look at, let's look at even the way Matthew, look, actually John. There's a way John wrote that I really like. And we beard him. As of the only begotten. He did not say they beard him. He said we beard him. As of the only begotten of the Father. It means, ah, guy, we were there. When he now wrote in 1 John, look at what he did in 1 John 1 1. I like how he wrote. You now see that these guys really wrote these things. Look at 1 John 1 1. We are not yet there. We will just, I just want to. Past your brain. We'll, we'll pick it up later. That Okay, who is now involved in the documentation? Because don't forget, Bible 2, we go through editorial work. Oh. They will edit and correct. <laughs> ah. Yes, they will edit and correct things. Because when we want to say, can the Bible be chosen? All those people that used to tell you, eh, the, Bible is, the Bible is not perfect. How can it be perfect? Is it not human being that wrote it? How can it be perfect? Look at what John said. I like how he started. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we've seen, which we've heard. We, look, you know, it's like saying, I've seen, you know, this is like I wrote it now, that he really wrote it. Which we've seen, which we've heard, we've looked upon with our hands, we've handled with the word of life. You can easily know that this guy wrote this book. Okay, let me show you Peter. Let me show you Peter. Go to First Peter. Oh, no. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter 1. 
or let's do 2 Peter 3. 2 Peter 3. This second epistle below, I now write to you. <laughs> I now write to you. I steer up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. I write it to you. That ye may be mindful of the words. Are you seeing? This is something he wrote himself. Are you understanding me? Okay, let's let me show you another one. Go to go, let's look at any of Paul's letter. Let's go to Colossi. Let's let's just look at Colossi. Colossians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ, of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren, peace be unto you. We give thanks to God. The Father of our Lord, pray, since we heard of your faith, we do not cease. He says, and for the love which ye have of us, for the hope which is laid on us, as ye have learned of Epaphras, which is declared unto us your love, for this cause we also say. Look, look at, he was talking like he wrote it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, are you seeing the difference now in Moses' writing? We say, and Moses commanded them. If it was Paul that was writing this, he said, look at how Paul said it in Corinth, be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This thing that I said now is matters to know. Because you have to, you have to pay close attention to scripture. Okay. So, we said wrote in that Deuteronomy 31 verse 9, and Moses wrote the law. So he says he wrote. So when he says write, I said write is from the Hebrew word katab, and it means to write, to inscribe, to describe, or record. And it was used 223 times, 223 times in the Old Testament book. Now, let me show you, let me show you some instances. I'll just show you a few. Let's quickly do this quickly and let's look at a question on is Moses documenting history and we'll call it a day. Maybe if we can't, we'll continue this tomorrow. Was Moses another no, okay, we'll continue this tomorrow on was Moses documenting history? I think that's a good question. Was he just writing history for us? Or what was he writing? You know, we already settled something like that. These stories are real story. So was he just writing just history for us? Or what was the story all about? And guess what? Do you know that it's not all the history that he picked? Because he only picked a family. Oh, you don't know? He just picked Abraham family. <laughs> the main, see, let me tell you. What is the main focus of Genesis? Abraham. If somebody, if a Bible scholar asks you today, what is the major attention? Or what was Moses trying to talk to you about in Genesis? Abraham. The promise. Moses just speak one, one guy in history. One guy's story. Abraham's lineage and told us the history. So you mean it's only Abraham that existed in that world? So was it just, we'll, we'll answer this question next, um, maybe tomorrow or in the course of the week. Was it just writing history? Uh, we have to answer that question. It's a very vital one. 
But before we get there, let me show you this. Let's let's still deal with this writing. Let me show you some so that you understand this writing thing. Look at Exodus 17, verse 14. I think that the Bible is. Are you enjoying your Bible, guys? Yes. When you pick up your Bible to read after Bible, you notice. And you don't understand. Ha! Ah, you did not hear well. Though. Exodus 17, verse 14. And the Lord said to Moses, look at it. And the Lord said to Moses, write this for you. Look at how they are talking. The Lord is telling, it's like saying, and the Lord is talking to, it's like saying, it's like saying he's disconnected from the book. Are you, <laughs> Shemi is the one that wrote it. And they are disconnecting him from the book. The ones that Paul and all the other writers wrote, you could literally, okay, if, okay let's, you can say, okay, Old Testament. Let's look at Proverbs. Put your hands there. Go to Proverb. You will see something. The Proverb of Solomon, of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. This Proverbs 1, get to Proverbs 2. My son, if thou will receive my word, is he the one talking? It, are you saying that this, this guy wrote this thing? Okay, look at another one. Verse, chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law. You know, if you read in Exodus, they'll say, forget not the law. If you read Exodus, all of those things, they say, forget not the law. But this one, is say, forget not my law. So, do you see that this one, he wrote it. Okay, let me show you Ecclesiastes. Maybe you would say, okay, this one does not make sense. Well, we have to look at the writings of the... Another major aspect of study is the writings of the scriptures. It's, it's going to help your study. How was the writings put together? So when you are reading this, uh, there's a disconnect here. As an English student, you can easily note, spot it. Uh, there's a disconnect here. Okay, look at this one. The words of the preacher, the son of David, kings in Jerusalem. He now said, vanities upon vanity, says the preacher, vanity, all is vanity. What profits a man, all of those things. Now look at it in chapter 2, verse 1. I said in my heart. Ah, is, that not, is that not the guy writing it? I said in my heart. Go to, are you seeing it? Okay, look at it, chapter 3. To everything there is a time and season. Look, okay, look at chapter 4, verse 1. So I returned and considered all the oppression. I. Yes, so this, this one wrote this book. Yes, sir. Okay, let's go back to our Exodus. Exodus 17, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, write. Are you seeing the disconnect? <laughs> so the, the big question would be, what? what, what I just that this guy called Moses and his writing, we have, we have to study this guy properly. Okay, why is all this disconnect looking to play? I don't even get what I'm saying. You see that there's a lot of disconnect. And later on, okay, let me show you Joshua. Put your hands there. Let me show you Joshua. Let me, I want you to, I want you to observe something in Joshua. I want you to see, I want you to, let, 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 I want you to see, I want to see if you can pay attention. 
Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua. I think that that same narrative is continued, the same thing that Moses, the way Moses writes is continued again. The Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Noah. You know, if it is, if it is that something is there, you say, the Lord spoke unto me. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go unto Jordan. And all the people that were in the land, every place was there. And there shall, there shall any man, as I was with Moses, I shall be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake. I will not fail, fail thee nor forsake thee. Okay. Now look at it, verse chapter 2, verse 1. Or let's look at verse 13. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord of give you the. Okay. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 1. Now, and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out shipping to spy the land secretly. Ah. If it's Joshua that sent them to spy it, why not say, I sent people to spy it? Okay, now let's go to the book of Job. I'm sure you, this, this is where we want to, let's look at Job. There was a man. Look at how he started. There was a man in the land of Oz, and his, whose name was Job. This alone tell you you did not write it. <laughs> are you are, are you are you already are you picking things now? This already tells you that <laughs> I do not whoa, they are telling me they are telling you my story. There was a man. Ah uh-huh. even Moses was even sweeter. <laughs> when you like this, the Lord now. Now there, was, there arose a time, you know. <laughs> there was a man. Me story, story, oh story. There was once upon a time story. There was a man in the land of Oz named Job. That was that man was perfect and upright and feared God and eschewed of the day. Oh, yeah, they were telling us his story. Are you are you are you seeing how to pay attention to details? Then you just say. You write it. This is write it. The writings of the scriptures, we have to document it properly. We have to, we have to pay attention to so many things. It's, it's, you can't be lazy with studying scripture. You have to be looking. So I have read the scripture and wondering, ah, ah, okay, why is this happening? Ha, ha. I'll go back again. Because you have to you have to put your as as well as an English student, you read the words way. Sometimes the words there will not make sense. But when you come into uh, uh, you read the book of Luke, you read the book of John, you look at those, you see, we just saw um, proverb, how they wrote it. So we will now look one of the things we will look at in our story. Not now, just keep it this way in your head, though. Don't worry, just be following the series. <laughs> Just before the series, we look at okay, why? How is this? How is the writings of the scriptures documented? It's a, it's a study we have to study, so that we will look at it. Will help us in our. It will also help us in understanding. In our understanding, are you getting what I'm saying? Are you? Really, I don't know about you, but me. Why, why, is it that I, why is it that I'm, I'm very curious on all these details? I like back-end story. There was something me and I were watching yesterday. 
on a music producer. And I, and I told her, I said, I've never heard this guy speak. And I swear to God, I didn't know that music was this technical. The guy was just talking, spitting fat, and I was just listening to him like, wow. I, I actually didn't know. I like a lot of back-end story. One of the reasons, see, one of the reasons I like this song, So Will I, was because I heard the story of how they wrote it. They said they were just sitting down and they were just discussing. Oh, they, 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 they were just discussing about the wonders of God. Ah, God was so beautiful, this and that and that. They just put it down into writing. God of creation. Yeah, this start before the beginning of time. He said that it was just a conversation that we were having. And just decided that, ah, wow, God is so, you know, good and we need to yield to God. And from that, their conversation, they spurred the two song. To be honest with you, when I first heard the song, ah, I liked it. But when I heard the story, it made me love it more. <laughs> so, it's me personally. It's this just me. I like a lot of back end. Why did they happen? I like process. How did this, how did this happen? Also, it, it makes my study better because I now pay more attention to details. Just like, why did I like it also? I saw that they were real trained. And they passed down from generation to generation. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, those things really matter. Okay, let's go just, just because of our time so that we can just finish this in this point. And in, our next, um, in our next study, we'll look at, was Moses just documenting history and We'll progress it from there. But all this writing thing, I just wanted to, what I want, what I want to do in this, in, what, what, what am I doing? I'm just pointing your flashlight into something so you pay attention. We'll come back to it and we'll look at it better. Right in Exodus 17 verse 14, he says, And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the years of Joshua, for we utterly put out the remembrance of Amalekites from under heaven. Look at Exodus 24, verse 24. Don't forget, we are looking at um, that word root, and we are looking at the references of Katab, right? That's what we're doing. Look at Exodus 24, verse 4. It says, And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and rose up early in the morning. It says, wrote. In Exodus 34, verse 20, just write this down, just because of our time. Exodus 34, verse 27. Write down these words. Write down these words. Exodus 34, verse 27. The Taonomy 20, 31, verse 22. The Taonomy 31, 22. Moses therefore wrote this song that same day and taught the children of Israel. So Moses, so can we say Moses is also a chief singer? The Taonomy 31, verse 22. He says he wrote this song and he taught the children of Israel. Uh, so that's, that's the work of a pastor. The pastor was not. The Taonomy 21, verse. Deuteronomy 31 verse 24, look at it. It says, and it came to pass, Moses had made an end of writing the words of the law in a book. So, can we, can you take, can we say that Moses actually wrote? So, but why is he written like if he's a third party something? That's what we will study later. Because look at that Deuteronomy 31 verse 24. It says, and it came to pass, Moses made an end of the writings of the word of the law in a book until they were finished. So he really wrote some things down. But when you read the scripture, the way it was purported, it wasn't purported like he wrote, it was purported that somebody was writing for him. So what's the... We'll look at that later. No, no. <laughs> look at the Joshua 8 verse 31. 
as Moses, Joshua 31, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses. Written. Joshua 8.32. It says, he wrote upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. Joshua 8.32. Joshua 23.6. Be ye therefore courageous, and keep all, and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. So Moses wrote. So that proves that. So can, when we say Moses wrote, so that proves that is education, right? Because for you to write, you must be you must be educated, right? So he proved his education, right? He proved his literacy, right? He proved his skill also in writing. Are you seeing it, guys? He proves his skill in writing. Another important text we will see before we leave this aspect is Exodus 4, verse 10. A lot of people think that Moses was a stammerer. <laughs> let's, let's study that today and close this. Amen. Oh, look at Exodus 4, verse 10. I don't know if you'll be believe that Moses was a stammerer. Let me see your hand. Okay, let's check. It's not bad to check, right? <laughs> not bad to check if he's really... Alright, look at Exodus, 10, Exodus 4, verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither dear unto, nor my servant that has spoken unto my servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. So this text has been misconstructed to mean that Moses was a torturer, like a stammerer. However, if only, like I used to tell us, if only we could read in context. Now, let's pay attention to, I want us to read in verse 16. I want you to pay attention. We saw in verse 10, this way people just pick out and just say, Hey! Moses said he was slow of speech. He was slow of tongue. So he's a stammer. So he Moses was like, Moses was like, yes. Moses. So people think that he was a structural like that. That he was so, no. Now look at in verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, who had made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the sick, or the seen, or the blind? Have I not? No, I'm not saying structural is a bad thing, no. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying the, miscon the misconceptions that we've had about Moses. Okay. And I says, I remember when I told my father this thing, my father was, my father was shocked. This was years ago when I was teaching my father uh, about Moses. I said, ah, no, stammer and Moses. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> I said, no, it's not. I said, no, it's not. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> he says, all the sin, all the blind, I've, I've not I the Lord. Now, therefore, go, I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou will say. And he said, Oh, my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of him with thy sin. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. I said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? And I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh to meet me, and he seeth thee. He will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put his words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do, and ye shall be that spoke man unto the people, and ye shall be, and ye shall be, and ye shall be to thee instead of a man, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Now, that word eloquent, because it says, I am not eloquent, that word eloquent is from the Greek word daba, D-A, 
B-A-R, Daba. You know, the Greek word Daba, and it refers to spoken words. Spoken words. Spoken words. Spoken words. It refers to spoken words. Now, and that word slow is from the word slow is from the Hebrew word kabed. Oh. K-A-B-E-D. Which means difficult, hard. It means difficult, hard. Difficult or hard. That's what this word slow means. So in essence, it implies that Moses was not much of a good speaker. That is, Moses was not charismatic. Moses was a shy guy. That's the meaning. That is, he could not face the crowd. So not that he was a stutterer, no. Moses was a more of a skillful writer than a good speaker. Moses prefers to write things down. Are you following me? Than speaking. So what's the work of a spokesman? So he spoke about that's the word, that's the word, that's where we got the word prophet from. So what was Aaron's responsibility? Aaron's responsibility is let me tell you this. Oh yeah, me go and communicate it. I'm so shy to talk to these people. That's why you will see that most of Moses' interaction with those people, with people, Moses couldn't confront things. Do you notice that? I'll show you, I'll show, I'll, I'll, as, we, as we progress in study, I'll show you that there's a, there's a character of Moses we need to understand. Even when the work was, the responsibility was getting much, Moses did not even want to tell anybody to assist him. It was his father-in-law that told him, you will just die. He kept doing everything himself. So he wasn't that charismatic. And that's, let me tell you, he, he grew over time to get better. That's why when he, when he says, go and tell my, he, go and tell my people that, uh, to go, he just went back and said, Moses, they did not ask me, oh God, ah, what should I tell the people? You see, it was, you know, that's a catalyst of a shy person. Okay, who should I say sent me? <laughs> you see, I should just go and tell them something. Who should I say, huh? Who should I say sent me? So, you see that? That's why he ran away for 40 years. Oh, hope you know that he ran away from God's plan for 40 years. Oh, you didn't know? He ran. He was a shy, he preferred to just, ah, let it, as far as he's writing. And so there's a bit like that, let me just tell that the text, I just text. But when he talks to speaking, <laughs> as far as he's writing, Moses can do it. But when it comes to being charismatic and speaking, he is not too good at it. So that's why he seemed like he kept having that tussle with God. God, okay, what should I do? Okay, what should I say? Ah, look at what they did to me. That's why it seemed like he would just say, oh, stand still, stand still. You see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> you... <laughs> and the children of Israel, they were murmurers. They, they, they frustrated his life. Because, okay, please, okay, please, just wait, just wait. That's why when, when he was supposed to strike rock, he just said, <laughs> You really can't. (laughs) 
Are you, are you learning something? So when he says, I am not eloquent, you, in your English word, I used to tell you, the Bible is not as English as you think. In your English word, when you say somebody is not eloquent, it means he's stutterer. Eh -eh. Eloquent in the Hebrew is from the word daba, and it refers to spoken words. When he says slow, is the word kabe, it means it's difficult. Like, ha, it's difficult for him to speak to people. Is a, I'll call it in our today's world, he's a shy guy. Moses was. So when you say, and Moses was more meek. Show to you. So, so, are you going to, no. Now, when it comes to that killing or something, Moses was not involved. I will teach you, when we start looking more in depth in the character of God, it wasn't Moses. It was Moses, it wasn't God. But we'll look at it. We'll look at all of those things. That's why he said that Moses That's why I like his character because he depended solely on God. If you don't know anything, don't go and stay 40 days. <laughs> do 40 days. Aaron, who is supposed to at least assist in the work, now started building a car for him. When he came back, he just got angry and broke the rope. You know, he couldn't talk. He just broke angry. He just, <laughs> he just threw this. <laughs> when, the, when God wanted to speak to them in the 2019, and he told them that uh, these things, um, he spoke to them and they said they don't want to hear God, they want to hear Moses. Okay, Moses started writing law. I just said, why the law came? Started writing things down for them. We are, read this to them. So that's why you keep reading. Moses wrote, okay, look at that data on 31 now. Look at that data on 31. Verse 22. Look at it. It says, Moses wrote this song the same day and taught the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun charge. So he taught them. So Moses grew over time to become that bold guy. He grew. He's like saying, I'm already the leader. There's nothing I can do. So I need to get better. You get what I'm saying? But Moses was not. It means he was, it's not that he was a story. It's just that he was a skillful writer than a good speaker. Does that make sense? So he wasn't saying, so that's why you keep seeing, but look at, you will see a lot of places, Exodus 17, 14, Exodus 24, 4, Exodus 34, 27, Deuteronomy 21, Deuteronomy 31, verse 24, where Moses kept writing things, he was writing a lot. So, and his writing proved his literacy, his skill, and his education. So now, this we implore also in his writing, such that when we read his writing, we are reading a strong literary piece. We are reading knowledge. We are reading a lot of information in his writing. So, even in the way his books are, are, are coordinated, it speaks volume. You know what this was say? And Moses said, this is that. We will soon look at it properly. No, maybe not now. But we will look at it. Who is, why, is, why did they put the language that way? And it will make sense to us. But did this, did this understand? Did we understand this? All right. Praise God. Amen. So we'll continue from here um, in our next, maybe tomorrow, in our next session. And the next session, we'll look at 
was Moses documenting history. Amen.